I just decided to start recording partway through the conversation. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Oh, Kyle, good news, Yo. though. I forgot because my life is just a series of forgetting commitments um, that when we record the Cars Hallmark podcast, yeah, I will be using my old mic because I'll be at Tom's. <laughs> so I have to bring my laptop and my old USB mic and I have to disconnect my webcam because my built in laptop camera doesn't work. Or just use Tom's computer, but I'm bringing both in case his computer gives me trouble. I'm proud so, of you. Yeah. And then I had to text him and be like, hey, I made a psychiatry appointment, like a virtual one, Wednesday at 6 p.m. So if you're not gone by then, I'll be there talking to a psychiatrist about my need for <laughs> medication. And he was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. And I said, I mean, so I'll use your guest room for that while you're finishing packing. I like imagining sparky saying that to kike like <laughs> kike has sparky watching his house for some reason for some she, reason she's like yeah sorry i have a i have a a, a spookiatry appointment yeah but then I, he'd be like you made a spookiatry appointment and she'd be like yeah don't make a big deal about it it's just something people have been telling me to do for it. it's fine like i just thought you know it was for me i made it by myself nobody forced me into it which she would not make a spookiatry appointment though well, no, not thing. unless she had friends telling her to do one who weren't Alina. I was just about I was to gonna say, say Alina and Chaz Alina have... would make an appointment for her. No, no, definitely, but that's the but they don't they don't count. It's not that they don't count. <laughs> it's that Sparky's arc was so weird in that she was ignoring them, even though they have a group chat and they were clearly trying to get in contact with her. So it's such a weird like. Has she checked that group chat again? Yeah, she checked the group chat. Okay. She and Chaz are tight. Like, she and Chaz have always been tight. It's just that, like, Chaz has known her her whole life, and so Chaz's opinion doesn't count about whether she needs psychiatry. <laughs> she and Chaz have always been tight, but um, she doesn't like to really get in contact with him or listen to him when he talks. Well, there's, well, um, well, well, and well, ignores like, his texts. But <laughs> she and Chaz are really tight. <laughs> okay, but, like... She's been going through it, and I feel it like there's, I don't know, it's like a Pinterest, like a white woman Pinterest quote about like, oh, real friends are the ones you don't talk to for years, but then when you pick right up, everything's the same as it always has been. That's her and Chaz. Like, even though they haven't talked for years. I like the idea that Sparky says that once, and Chaz is just like, you checked Pumpkin Trust again, didn't you? She'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a pumpkin trist account because that's <laughs> I'm too cool for that. Anyways, uh hello patrons and poltergeists and welcome to Rest Friends, a bonus Patreon podcast where we talk about uh, everything that happened in the previous adventure. Uh I'm not going to introduce myself because if you're listening to this as your first exposure to Quest Friends, Good what luck. the what the fuck are you doing? I respect <laughs> it. Let us know if this is your first time listening. Let us, I want to know. If you're a patron, I want you to show this to someone who's never listened to Quest Friends, or I guess a regular fan, because we've, uh, we're, we're releasing this on the regular feed as well as like a preview of this new thing we're doing. Show it to someone completely new and tell us what happens. Okay, wait. Yeah. But to be fair, my dad joined our Patreon, and he doesn't listen to the podcast, but he listens to Patreon stuff. It's true. He just likes to watch you laugh when we say things like spinch 
And uh, Mr. Edgeworth, why did you kill a man? Why did you kill a man? Thank you, detective. I didn't. Oh, good. I'm glad that's settled. <laughs> that's solved. Oh, good. I. This could be the whole episode. I could just start throwing these out. But. Oh, good. <laughs> today, uh, the three of us are going to be talking about the siren in the dead city, our last adventure. Uh, so as I said, what's going to happen is after every adventure, uh, probably the week after, we'll release uh, one of these rest friends. Uh, name shamelessly stolen from the resties from the besties and uh, premise shamefully stolen from join the parties after party. What we're going to do is we're just going to talk about for a little bit about what happened and not all of us are going to be here. As you can tell, it is just me, Emily and Hallie today. I got a couple of questions from our patrons, but uh, anything either of you want to say before we get into it? I'm glad that Hallie's going to talk to her psychiatrist, and I realize that I need to make an appointment with mine. I helped. <laughs> See, I have to because my insurance will run out at the end of the month, and so I am cramming stuff ah. in. We won't go into that. That's not my fun fact that I was going to say <laughs> during the rest, friends. Your fun fact is that you're one step closer to becoming Sparky. Since you, like Sparky, are all also now technically unemployed. Technically, I am unemployed because capitalism is a sham. <laughs> Thank you for uh, joining our money-gated podcast. Okay, yeah, thanks, but yeah. <laughs> I am sorry this is money-gated. I have a new mic, though, and we need money for that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. But also we have to crowdsource because capitalism is a sham. It is. It is yeah. a sham. I, I feel like it. Sparky said that at some point. She said it at many but points. But she was using it to like excuse her own behavior. I want. Oh no, fully, fully. I'm going to become that. I am, as you say, one step closer to becoming Sparky Malarkey. And that is just fine. <laughs> I shared uh, the artwork in our Discord of the Sparky in a MILF shirt. And someone just responded, is this a self-insert? And I said, give us 10 to 15 years and I'll let you know. I do unfortunately own a t-shirt that says MILF. Yeah, we, Emily and I got that for you. You did, yeah. you did. But just so everybody knows, listeners, that stands for Mario is Luigi's friend. And it has a picture of Mario and Luigi holding hands. And if you saw a video of me accepting a trophy for winning that bad <laughs> racing game, that you made us all play. I'll put in the description. You may have noticed it said MILF, but you probably didn't see what it stood for or the cute <laughs> picture of Mario and Luigi. So I was thrilled that that video where I look like an 80-year-old woman in horn-rimmed glasses wearing a pink MILF shirt was released without any context. Just a really a real win for me. One of our most popular TikToks, too. No. See, but at least that's, like, funny MILF joke. Like... I have a cousin who has made being a MILF her personality. And it's Is it a personality? Is it even? I mean, it... she's made it into. All right. Can you make. Congrats to her. I'm an older lady. People want to fuck a personality. She's not even that old. And true, but, but like... she is a mom. It's okay, like, yeah. it's either you hit a mom gap or an age gap. And honestly, you don't have to be that old, unfortunately. No. Well, she did like a MILF. She posted like about being a milf and stuff a lot but then she also was like i'm looking for a daddy i like not her? a daddy for her kids she wanted like an older man like a sugar daddy 
a sugar daddy, sure. sort of. But like, she just wanted an older man partner. I wanted to make a follow up drawing to the sparky one that's just big Jake Hell with a shirt that says daddy on it. Don't do please. That. Don't. You know it's accurate. Don't. You know That's it not the him. point. That's not the point. <laughs> okay, but if you think of like when people talk about a daddy, I feel like that's Big Jake Hell, right? He's a big man who will take care of you. This is not a, this is not a Tumblr question. This is not a question <laughs> you received. But this this does kind of feel like a Tumblr conversation. <laughs> Don't Okay, so actually, my thing was just going to be Crusader Kings, which isn't relevant to Quest Friends or us. In any way. But I'm big mad because my son, I'm sorry, my wife broke up with me because she's dating our son in Crusader (laughs) Kings. And it really made me mad because that's bad. Don't do that. I I really want... So daddies and MILFs are involved. (laughs) Yeah. I want to make a question. That's like like a quiz, and it's is this the title of a porn hub of a porn hub? Yeah, is this a title of a porn hub video, or is this a description of an event in Crusader Kings? Because I feel like it'd be really difficult to tell the two apart. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's get into the episode. <laughs> Ten minutes into Being this, mad about that. Thirty minute recording. Uh, So as I said, I asked the Discord for a couple of questions, so we're going to do some related to the episode. I've got three in mind, and then I might mention some fun facts. Uh, And then uh, we, we, if we have time, I've got a a fun question. Just like when you do a series of photos, you end with a fun photo, the silly photo. You end with like the sorority pose. (laughs) Do a fun question. Yay. But are you saying that their questions aren't fun? Yeah, that's pretty rude. So The Siren in the Dead City is the first episode of Arc 2 of Quest Friends Hereafter. Interesting fact about this, we recorded it first in like March, and then I got very self-conscious about how I was doing with Quest Friends and also the fact that I did not have a job. Uh, and so uh, we went on hiatus. <laughs> we you went on say hiatus. say in front of Hallie and I. <laughs> for a while. Christmas. Uh, and in about, I want to say June, we recorded parts two and parts three. Although technically part of part two was also in part one. It's, I'm not, that's not fun. That's needlessly complicated. Anyways, the first question relates to the fact that this was the first episode that we had in the hereafter. It was our first exposure to Necropolis, the dead city. What is the thing you were or are most excited to see or do in the dead city. And for reference for everyone else, we are like five adventures past this recording wise. I was going to say, I think mine is happening. <laughs> so we might say things that are foreshadowing because we've already done them. Or we might say things that aren't foreshadowing because we haven't done them. At this point, had we gone through what was at, the fair that we were at. Yeah. So uh, this will be released after the fair adventure is over. Kind of a recap. Yeah. Cause I know you aren't uh, uh, here's a spoiler. The, the quest friends don't listen to their own goddamn podcast. Sometimes so. <laughs> I do. And sometimes I don't. And the second sometimes is more often than the first sometimes. So this episode is the one. Yes. Where we went to the world's fair 
Uh, you met Sochi for the first time. Hilda ended up in uh, space again. Irene almost got her soul stolen, but instead killed Rube Goldberg. And uh, it ended with uh, Sparky and Kike having an emotional moment at Die Hop in front of the inflatable Wulu <laughs> Necromon. And then they ran into Death, who delivered a letter, a, a letter from Mateo. Uh, and you haven't seen what that letter is yet. You just know that you've got it. Mm. Okay. Okay, then my then mine makes sense then because I was just going to ask if the bungee jumping from the Eiffel Tower had been said because that was what I was most excited for. <laughs> we have now done that. That is why Hilda ended up in space. I'm literally right now because I'm still editing it. I'm editing the part where you take a car seat and you Sonic Adventure two yeah. down onto the bungee, which you would know <laughs> if you have if 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 you are a cultured person, which you are. I am. I am. Yeah. And uh, then you failed the role and fell on top of Kike. That was a bummer. That was a big bummer, but nothing I am not used to. <laughs> what about you, Emily? Um, I was really excited to encounter different types of dead and like different. I know I sound like Tom here, but I wanted to know, see more lore. Oh, the dead <laughs> city. The lore. The lore. The lore is really interesting because there was a lot of lore very early on established that hasn't come up. Like we had set up the idea that uh, the dead, if they're in the world of the living too long, uh, they get sick. And that's actually what zombies are. Zombies are people who have just like not had their zombrex or whatever. And then if you were a living person in the realm of the dead, you just died if you were there for too long. Uh, so we had that. We had the idea that money in the hereafter was uh, time, was your remaining amount of time until you uh, poofed away into the afterworlds. And a lot of it was all, in my opinion, still pretty neat concepts, but concepts that just, they didn't really align with what we were doing. Like, they were fun, but they weren't core to our adventures. Uh, so... I ended up removing those in favor of two things. One, giving you an opportunity to create a part of Necropolis. Uh, and then two, focusing more on the different kinds of dead. Because that was something people really wanted. They wanted to mm -hmm. see different kinds of dead. So I was like, well, let's make the lore all about that. And we can make it so that, you know, we tie which type of dead you are to your personality. And also by making like your eternal afterlife thing based on just how you died in an, it, it shows personality, but also, in my opinion, kind of shows how shitty the world is in some ways and how shitty the Bureau is or the powers that be are. Capitalism. In that, like, if you die crying, you just become a banshee. Fuck you. I Fuck once me. ran a home game for patrons where there was a character who, when he died, he was going to become a phantom because, like, I knew that. But the character started getting really emotional right as his soul separated from his body and started crying. So I'm like, well, you're a banshee now. <laughs> Congratulations. Sorry about that. Yay. I have a question. Yeah. If you had to assign a type of dead to Hallie and I. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, How ooh, How do we ooh. die? And Tom and Ari, even though they're not here. Who aren't here. And we'll just tell them later. You're the one who made the lore. So mm -hmm. you made that quiz, which is very fun. But what would you assign to us? Yeah. All right. So I got to take a look at the lists here. So I'm going to just start listing these out. Banshees died crying. 
a demon died going down in flames. That's neither of you. A fury died from betrayal. A ghost died with unfinished business. That's a potential one. Because I'm going to die young. <laughs> Headless died in over their head. An imp died stumbling into flames. Uh, you wouldn't be a lich. Phantom, maybe. Uh, a siren died publicly. Uh, a skeleton died bone tired. So that one's Ari. We all can agree that one's Ari. We can all agree. Yeah, yep. yeah Ari died uh, bone tired. And Undying just avoided death. Someone who avoided death so aggressively that that was the type of dead they became. Uh, a vampire died hungry for something. A werewolf died during a full moon. That, so that's just a catch-all. Uh, I think a white... I have to recheck because I'm looking at a list that was before I made the quiz. I think a white just died like by bad luck or something like that. Uh, a gloop died under pressure. A zombie died of illness. A common illness. Uh, and then a new one that I haven't figured out yet is the unnamed sponge person. Uh, there are some other ones, too, but those are those are the main ones that I've introduced so far. OK, a sponge person isn't a very nice outcome, but they they died absorbing the damage for someone else. Oh, ooh, that's sad. That's sad. Or I could give that. <laughs> I could give that to you then, Emily, because I was thinking of a gloop, someone who died under pressure, but like taking the bullet for someone else. All right. So you're a you're, gloop or a sponge. Thanks. Congratulations. Yeah. You're SpongeBob now. No, I don't want to be SpongeBob. I'm going to give Tom. I'm afraid of water. Tom's been better at handling pressure, but I'll give him a gloop um, just for dying under pressure. And then Hallie, uh, Hallie's going to get a wraith. Because I like to imagine Hallie dies. <laughs> I like to imagine. I like to imagine Hallie dies in this hypothetical scenario. Thanks, buddy. At like a wedding on Christmas. <laughs> <sighs> and then they keep going. Like someone died, but they're like, you know what? It's my wedding day and it's Christmas. So fuck that. So you and become the ghost of them. Christmas weddings. The ghost against Christmas weddings. That's a very important distinction. <laughs> so that's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give Hallie a wraith. I'm going to say Hallie dies on during a wedding on a holiday and has to become the avatar of that holiday. Haunting all future weddings. <laughs> Whether they happen on Christmas or not, just all weddings. After that. <laughs> all weddings. Yeah. Every day is a holiday in some way. Well, see, that's why Christmas and wedding, that's why, that's why it's bad. That's like, like you can make any day a holiday if you just don't choose a pre-existing one like Christmas. But what about a 4th of July wedding, Hallie? I mean, that's fine, but like you're ruining a lot of other people's weekends. <laughs> uh, what, what kind of dead would I be? See, I feel like I could see you being a gloop as well because you're just constantly stressing about something. Yeah. And putting pressure on yourself. I was going to say headless, not because you would die doing something you're incapable of, but because you're always like, what if I did this new thing? Yeah. <laughs> and this new project. Yeah. I have time. For another thing. And so you'd get over, you'd get in over your head in the sense that you'd take on too many projects. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd accept that as long as it's not. So the quiz, I got an imp. 
which is like the one dad that explicitly says you suck. You'd be equivalent. <laughs> uh, I believe the quiz result starts with like 90% of imps die saying it's just a prank, bro. <laughs> They're just shitty demons. I'm happy for you. I wasn't surprised that you got an imp. <laughs> God, yeah. I mean, one of the questions... You one of the ways to get an imp is to say that you like doing video games in your spare time. Like being a gamer gives you a lot of points for imp. But I don't think I'm sure other people have gotten it. I got to check the results because some the quiz isn't perfect. So some are more weighted than others. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone else has gotten imp. At least I haven't just talked you. to anyone else. Just me. I'm the only I'm one. You. So yeah, I'll accept headless. I like that one more. <laughs> All right. So. What necromon would Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome, own? If the answer is he himself is a necromon, please say his whole name backwards for reference. <laughs> this was put in the Discord, and I don't think this person had any idea just how close she was to actual plot stuff. Anyways, Hallie, what necromon would Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome, own? Or if he if the answer is that he himself is a necromon, please say his whole name backwards for reference. Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. I think I have a 10-gallon hat as a necromon. <laughs> but it's like a 20-gallon hat. Just a big, just a big fucking hat. That's his necromon. And he wears the big fucking hat. And then it jumps off of his head when it wants to go do necromon things and then it goes and sits on his head like evie does and let's go evie and that's actually uh that's canon to the to the fairly odd parents you just don't know because you never see the top of the hat and that's where the face is that's true you're welcome <laughs> nickelodeon you owe us royalties now <laughs> but doug dimodome is actually funny because i had a character Henry Henrenhyde, owner of the Henry Henren Hold. Uh, Henry Henrenhyde was a character. Uh, so Henrenhyde Castle was a big, it was an important castle to two of the flashbacks in season one. And in the post credits of one of them, I'm just like, I'm Henry Henrenhyde and I will appear again in season two. Your nose curls is the clinical. Lack of smell. Besides that of she's clothing and hair. Electricity snicks along the banisters of spiraling staircases. Settling inside of glass orbs connected to benches, bags, boats. Poised on rooms adjacent to you and platforms connected to the ceiling like chandeliers above you. <laughs> I do not have a character who spoke like this and I am very disappointed because I really like this voice. I'm sorry, I was trying not... I was trying to just let you This finish. is my narrator. Welcome to Henry no. Hyde Castle. I am Henry... Hen Henren Hyde. Henren Hyde. I can't pronounce the name of my own castle. Or your own name. It's yes. just your name. Yes, my name is Henry Henren Hyde. Henren Hyde? Henren Hyde. It's German. I feel like you should know this. I sh I sh <laughs> Henry Henren Hyde will come back. 
for Quest Friends Season 2. <laughs> so Henry has now been shifted. He's the name of a random uh, NPC that will appear actually next adventure. Just it, as a way of cementing the decision I ended up making. But Henry was going to be the main villain of this arc. The idea was going to be that he ran the World's Fair and that there was an election going on. The Year of Five Governors, which is... Just a way of me referencing one of the few Roman facts I know, which is the year of five governors, where five different, sorry, the year of five emperors, where five people ran for emperor, including uh, Didius Julianus, a guy who bought the throne and then desperately tried to flee. He, he like, it was the most instant regret purchase in maybe all of history. <laughs> So I was like, oh, maybe this election is going on. This guy who runs the World's Fair uh, wants to win it so that he can create the Henry Henrenhold. He can create a permanent version of the World's Fair. So originally he was the big bad villain. He was going to be like a, a sexy old cowboy rock star. Nice. Uh, he was going to be the kind of guy who like looks so chill. It looks like his eyes are always upturned in a smile. Uh, like like Brock from Pokemon, like that <laughs> eyes where your eye look always closed. You're just like so chill, like had a big hearing aid that was bedazzled, had like, you know, just old rusty cowboy, but also glittery and cool. Um, And he was going to be a vampire who uh fed on attention. So he was going to have a big Doug Dimodome hat that because vampires their physical appearance matches whatever they try to they hunger for so like mateo likes intrigue so he has a third eye so doug so henry henrenhide was going to have a 10 gallon hat and it was going to hide the fact that his head was twice as like his forehead was twice as big as a regular one because he hungers for attention because he has a really big head uh but um tis but um tis that was going to be the whole thing, and Sochi was just basically going to work for him. But then Sochi appeared, and even though she doesn't actually do much this adventure, she has such a strong presence that I talked with everyone, but especially Emily, and just, it was like, Henry can't compete with Sochi. Henry's already lost. He's it's already like, lost. It's like the Azula quote, you were never even a player. <laughs> So because I had only referenced him and the year of five governors a couple of times in this episode, I just cut that stuff. And now it's all Sochi all the time. And whatever Henry's big plan was, is now Sochi's. Not the creating the world's fair permanently thing. That was actually Henry's step to like his bigger plan, which Sochi now has. Which I'm not going to say it because like. Because we don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a spoiler. It's the plot but, like, stuff. If it was just making the world's fair permanent, honestly, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> fine. I okay. I mean, it would get die hop uh some more visitors, probably. Yeah, it would probably be good for the economy. <laughs> People like a good fair. <laughs> you know? So as long as it's not like secretly a murder house, it's probably fine. <laughs> Like an H.H. Holmes, you know, and he's already got the H.H., so I was like, I don't know, maybe that's what he's going for, but... Well, well, the uh, the Siren in the Dead City is a reference to the book, The, the Devil, Devil in, in the, the White, White City, City, which I've read three times. I only read it once in high school. It was very funny, because early on, you know, high schoolers are like, all right, so there's like this fucking fair or whatever, yep. but a murderer, 
And so like all the high schoolers, I was like, Ooh, I only care about the murderer stuff. But then by the end, I was like bored by the HH Olms chapters. And I was just like, just get to the, I care immensely about this fair. I care immensely about the architects. Yeah. People start, they just start dropping like flies when the fair is over. Don't they just uh-huh. like all start dying? Uh, one died on the Titanic. Oh my God. I think he had sent a telegram. And then the next day, the person who received the telegram was like, what do you mean? I can't send it back. What do you mean? He's dead. Oh no. Yeah. It was upsetting. I'd have to reread. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's how it went down. Anyways, Emily, were you going to say something? Um, quota exceeded error. You have run out of free disk space <laughs> to God save a local backup of this data. I recommend that you stop the recording and clear out some disk space to prevent possible data loss. Please see the system requirements for more information. Sendcaster keeps mentioning data loss on laptop. I'm going to make a note of this, but no, you're fine. You're fine. I know you're fine. We have more than half the space left. But our quota is exceeded. Error. It's exceeded, Kyle. They exceeded it. They exceeded it. I'm Googling architect Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) So as you can see this, uh, we had a couple of framework, but this is just kind of going wherever. And that's in part because one big thing I'm focusing on this uh, arc, which started with the siren in the dead city is just kind of winging it more often than not. Like of this adventure, the planned part was Sochi's there. Like I had more notes, but that was really all I had planned out. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, the slice of life complication will become the most important thing. But then you all split three ways. So then I was like, well, maybe Hilda and Sparky run into somebody else. Uh, to show that like they've become famous since the trial, which is an angle we haven't really explored since then. So I just tapped that down. I was just like, no, you just met beer Steinsman and pint and yeah. pint is very invested in you for some reason. Uh, but I did not expect Hilda to end up in space because Sparky was avoiding big man. <laughs> I mean, that was an accidental thing. It was Frank Millet who died in the Titanic and I was almost 100% correct. You were almost 100%. His friend sent him a telegram and was then like, what do you mean I can't get the telegram through? So there was no initial telegram from him, but the telegram oh, okay. was still part of the story and the sad, like, I can't reach my friend because he's dead is also part of the story. <laughs> Continue. That's just a fun history fact. <laughs> yeah, I was just basically saying that I, I'm trying to to improvise more and uh, because I realized that a lot of the really great stuff from arc one, uh, like the key clones, was just pure bullshit. Complete. On all of our parts, um, but including my part. So we're trying that a bit more. I feel like in the one we just recorded, which is like five adventures down the line, I have uh, (laughs) I've reached the singularity of improv bullshit. We had to recover (laughs) from that one. Tom almost had to X card the whole episode because he was just so overwhelmed <laughs> with the why things happened the way that they did. Which is the second time he said that because he yeah. says that during the siren in the dead city too. I forget what part it's for though. I feel like it's before Hilda ends up in space. Like it's before things get really bad. This is the worst we have ever rolled in as a group. Yay. This episode. Uh, okay. 
Emily succeeds uh, in intimidating Rube Goldberg. And I think that's like the only success we have pretty much the entire adventure. The only one that matters, at least. But like Hilda ends up in space. Sparky ends up in space. KK ends up unconscious. Sparky ends up dropping on KK from space, causing him to go unconscious again. It is a an exercise in how do I how do you get punished without dying? <laughs> well, punished is the wrong word. Empowered by the apocalypse, the point is to see where the story takes you. So mm-hmm. bad rolls should be fun, but we have been telling you that you're good at improv and you should do more improv for the entirety of best friends. That's true. We have been doing that. And we're very excited and proud that you are doing more of it. But also, we have been telling you this for so many years. But what if the plot doesn't work? What if it doesn't work when I improvise? It's What if the theming doesn't... Whatever fit to- is meant to happen will happen because it's improvise. It's fine to map out some basics, but yeah, you're good at it. You do your best work when you're improvising. And just having fun and relaxed instead of getting all in your head. Yeah. I take my hydroxazine to chill me out. And we're so glad that I you t- do. I take my brain drugs. We we're are so, so happy glad you. you're on medication now. I'm, I'm just like the Beatles. I take drugs to make good art. <laughs> what were you going to say, Hallie? I don't remember... just that we're proud of you and we're happy and like what a world it would be if all our friends listened to us the first time we said things emily wouldn't that be great that would be great it's because we're smart and we have good ideas we're so smart and nobody listens to us nobody listens to us i feel like so many of our friends We say things over and over, and then one single man tells them to do something, and they do it. Yeah. You're still mad about the time. uh, I'm still mad about the conditioner. The conditioner. I'm never not going to be mad about the conditioner. Wait, what happened with the conditioner? Kyle was saying, oh, I don't need conditioner. I never use conditioner. Why wouldn't you Why would I need conditioner? Why would he need conditioner? Because his hair gets really, really dry. Oh, no, I'm on your side. I'm... I'm facetiously arguing, like, yeah, Kyle, I was... And I have been telling him this for so long, and it's like, well, maybe your head would be less itchy. Maybe your dandruff would be a little better. Maybe, you know, you keep saying that your hair is frizzy. If you use, like, curl stuff, it will be helpful. And then Tom, out of the blue, mentions that he uses conditioner one time... (sighs) And then Kyle comes to me a couple days later and is like, you know what? I think maybe I should try using some conditioner. I was so mad. (laughs) It is hard not to be a man. It weighs on me daily. (laughs) One of my favorite quotes from this episode, which is either in the post credits or it might have been cut for time, is I'm like, oh, the Jakes have stuff to say about you, Sparky. And you just very dead inside say oh i love when men have things to say about me (laughs) and hey hey to bring the attention off of me for a second and then we're gonna go to the final question because i know we gotta wrap up because hallie's got a thing are you gonna throw tom under the bus uh is the time yeah tom was playing nancy drew with you 
And you gave him the solution for something, but he listened to a little boy in universe who was lying to him. Like, like we're playing Nancy Drew. We're playing, in fact, a Nancy Drew game I have played before that I have beat, (laughs) but we were playing it together because he hadn't played it before. And he was like, oh, I don't want to waste all my money on this cake for this woman so she'll fall asleep because a woman falls asleep if you give her the right snack. And, um, and... The little boy was like, oh, she falls asleep if she eats. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to buy these cheap pretzels and I'm going to get them to her. And then she's going to fall asleep. And I was like, no, I think it has to be the cake because she says, because she says, I like the cake. And also, I'm pretty sure that's how it was when I played it. And he was like, no, this tiny eight year old wearing lederhosen is probably more correct. (laughs) And he wasn't. So he didn't have enough money for the cake because he spent it on the pretzels trying to save money. And so then we had to do whatever silly side job Nancy Drew needs to do in that game to make money. Um, And I was furious because I am a real person who has played the game before (laughs) and I lost to a virtual NPC who lives to play pranks on you and lie to you (laughs) because of... Because of gender. But Hallie, you are a woman. I know. Why would someone listen? Hey, you know who else is a woman? Nancy fucking Drew. (laughs) Who solves every mystery put at her feet. All right. So let's get to uh, our final uh, question. Sometimes this will be related. Sometimes it won't. Uh, The question I've chosen, I've selected specifically because Hallie's here, which is... They are making a Muppet version of you. Oh! Are you a monster, person, or object Muppet? So, I know the answer for myself, which is I am a monster uh, Muppet. You're a monster Muppet. You're like a cookie monster, but for something that's not cookies. (laughs) Well, we did say if I was a Muppet, I would be Fozzie Bear. That's true. That's that's why I went with monster, because like he's not full monster monster, but like... He's not a person Muppet. No. It does kind of feel like... If it was our group of friends, you might be the one human. Me or Kyle? Kyle. Mm. I could see that. I know Emily, regardless, is the object Muppet. Uh, because gender. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's my pitch. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. No gender, not person. That's what you're saying. Yes. Uh, oh my... <laughs> Strike that from the record. Strike that from the record. Strike that. I'm trying to edit as little as possible, so I'm not going to strike that from the record, but strike that from the record. Emily did once call me a sock. Yeah. In high school. and Not high school, in college. So That feels right. What if I'm just a sock puppet? You could just be a sock. I'm just a sock puppet in a sea of Muppets. Yeah, making the scrunch Kermit face one of the best faces. Anybody can make at any point in time. What's an object Muppet? Like, um, like, um, in Muppet Christmas Carol, there are like vegetable Muppets that sing along. So it's a Muppet that's sentient and alive, but is an object rather than like a monster or an animal or a person. You could be some spinch. You could be some spinch. (laughs) This sounds wonderful for you. You could be some singing spinch. Anyways, Helly, what about you? I don't know. This is really stressful. What if I get it wrong? <laughs> I don't think you can get this wrong. What if I get it wrong? There's a different because... fun question that you can get wrong, but I didn't ask that one oh. today. Um, 
the problem is that I'm so basic. I think I'm just like, I'm either like a human Muppet or I'm like a Kate Monster kind of Muppet who isn't from the Muppets or Sesame Street. She's from Avenue Q, the adult version of those things, but just like basic girl Muppet. Are you saying so you're saying that like if we were in a like a not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but if we were in like one of those kids cartoon teams, you would be the one whose personality is just girl. I'm pretty sure you are the on Takamaki of our group. Ah, fuck. (laughs) Yeah. That that. Yeah, that's me. Just give me girl. A better example is Amy Rose. (laughs) Who deserves so much more because she is so much more than just a girl, but Sega refuses to acknowledge that. I'm that, or I'm like April O'Neil. I don't know. She's fun. She's a spunky reporter. I have like one trait besides is the woman. <laughs> I mean, you did play us. You are playing a spunky reporter in Quest Friends. I know. Who originally was going to be teenage, but then you're like, what if I made her a hot mess? Yeah. And then I decided not to do that and to just tell my future. I got to become more interesting. <laughs> I got to work on that. 2024 goals. Be less basic. All right. And with that, uh, we're, we're going to wrap up this episode of Rest Friends. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming on. Rest Friends will be releasing after every adventure, probably the week after, uh, on patreon.com slash quest friends for any Patreon level. So uh, if you'd like this and you want to listen to more, Uh, You can follow us there and then send us questions either via the Patreon or via our Rest Friends uh, channel in the Discord. And uh, yeah, we'll see you after next adventure. Hilda's rival. Not Hilda's rival. Irene's rival. Yeah, I was going to say that happened. I was going to say part one and part two, (laughs) but it's just parts one and two. Yeah. We're going to see all of you. The whole adventure. Yeah, we're going to see all of you for Hilda, for fuck, for Irene's <laughs> rival, and then some of you for the rest friends Irene's rival. Yeah. In like a month. In like a month. Bye. <laughs> Bye.